Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, it's fallen. What's fallen? Fall, Kate. Oh. Fall has fallen. Fall has fallen? Fall has fallen with a great big thunk. But you're wearing a sweater. You're wearing fuzzy slippers. I am. You're I'm, putting so, your, I'm so happy. And you're putting your skeleton together, right? Not yet. October 1st. Well, you actually put him... You're not putting him together early? No. October 1st. Is that because you don't want, like, the neighbors just, like, coming over to peek over your fence it's to check because, out your backyard skeleton? Well, well we, we, we did do that, actually. Uh, we ah. did put him up in the backyard because we had to measure his hands for something special this year. <gasps> Is, will he be knitting? Uh, no, but that's a really good idea. Wouldn't that be amazing if, like, you made, like, a huge, like, you would have to make really big, like, stitches, but you could make, like, a knitting Man. project for the skeleton. I should have done that. Well, you know what? Winter's coming up. You could you could do that. I could. Or for, for Thanksgiving or for Ooh, Christmas. I you know could what be... to do this year. <laughs> I'm so glad we can plan things together. <laughs> and uh, while we're planning things together, uh, who's you? Me, Kate. Me, Betsy. This, Fuse Agent Kate. And uh, what we do on this? We talk. Yes. About? Skeletons. And? Knitting. Picture books. Oh. Picture books. We talk about picture books and whether they are good or... Bad? Yes. As we record this, it is Banned Books Week. When this plays, we will have just missed Banned Books Week, but I figure we should do a book that has been banned right now because there is a wave of book bans going on across the country, an unprecedented level of book bans we have never seen. We've seen waves of them before, never at these levels, and never this concentrated or organized. Um, so it seemed to me that we should do a book that has been banned mightily, and oftenly, and uh, and so I I am going to pull out what I consider in many ways to be kind of the granddaddy of book band. Not one we've done ones before that have been banned. We've done like uh, in the night kitchen and junk, but that's not being banned right now. And this one I think is still being banned right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the puppy out. And Tango makes three. Bye. Justin Richardson and Peter Parnell. Illustrated by? Uh, Henry Cole. That's right. Have you ever heard of Entangle Makes Three? They're gay penguins. Yes. That's, that's, all, that's, that's what you know. know. But that's yeah. what you know, right? You've, yep. Even if you've never seen the book before, you know. Never seen the book before. They're gay penguins. I know they're yeah. gay penguins. That's it. That, that was... See, this is a legitimately famous book because you... It's over 20 nothing. years old. Yeah, and it's apropos of nothing. Uh, you you knew that, and you know, for fun, uh, feel free to check out the blurbs on the back, which are a fascinating array of Maury Sendak, sure, Harvey Fierstein, okay, Wendy Wasserstein, excuse me, and John Lithgow. What? <laughs> okay, go read that book. All right. While Kate reads her book, let's get some background information on said book. Why did I choose this? Well, for some very good reasons. I was looking for a book that had been banned frequently. And uh, the American Library Association has reported that this book was the most frequently challenged book between 2006 and 2010. 
Uh, it was the second most frequently challenged in 2009. It was also the fourth most banned book between 2000 and 2009, and the sixth most banned book between 2010 and 2019. So it's got the credentials, right? And so not that long ago, uh, in April of 2022, I wrote a piece for my blog, A Fuse Number 8 Production, hosted by School Library Journal, called And Tango Gets Banned Again? Book Banning Perspectives from Peter Parnell and Justin Richardson. And I wanted their perspective and maybe advice for authors who were just beginning to be banned, because these guys have been through the ringer. So I asked them, did you have any clue when this book would come out that it would hit these unprecedented levels? And this is what they responded. Tango has indeed had a long history of controversy. We knew there might be pushback, but we were surprised at the degree? Yes. When the book was first published, it received some wonderful reviews and great publicity, largely in the children's book world itself. It took about a year and a half for Tango to land on the radar of the far right. During a first culture war in which March of the Penguins was a huge hit and conservative writers pointed to the movie as a demonstration of the theory of intelligent design and the biological basis for monogamy. Then other critics cited our book as an example of monogamous gay penguins and suddenly everybody found out about it and there were challenges and attempts to remove it from schools and libraries, etc. And we became, to our surprise, a kind of tipping point. To be honest, once it became a central part of the culture wars, we were both surprised and in some ways delighted. We wanted the book to have an impact on the lives of children and families, and we could see that was happening. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> don't believe a word you say. I'm just kidding. Liar, liar, pants on fire. It's adorable. Of course it is. It's baby penguins. Baby penguins and the art of Henry Cole. Right there. I mean. Right there. Though I am a bit confused why there is a gold medal of a man with a horse. <laughs> Wait, is there? Wait, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Gold medal, check, man with a horse. Ah, oh, the ASPCA was a big fan of this one. I didn't even know the ASPCA gave golden book awards. I, How come this is the first time I've ever seen that? I don't know, but I was very confused because you've never given me a book with a gold medal of a man in a top hat with a horse. I literally didn't know that existed. <laughs> and if they do have a medal for children's books, by the way, it is very poorly advertised. Okay. Okay. So Take that, ASPCA. For <laughs> those of you who only know this book as the gay penguin book like I do. Right, 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 right. Let's go through it, shall okay. we? Because okay. there's more to it. There is. Yes. Uh, so it takes place in a zoo that's in Central Park in New York City. I have been to that zoo. I was just going to ask you, have you been to this zoo? I have been to that zoo. It is, uh, f is it free? It's not free, but it is very convenient. And, uh, and Henry does a great job of drawing it because he shows, uh, there's this little statues on the outside of the thing mm -hmm. and they all have to do with nursery rhymes, as I recall. Oh. And I'm very into statues that have something to do with children's literature. So I was always a big fan of those. But yeah, it's a very, it's not huge. It is a small, very accessible zoo. Did you see the penguins? I did see the penguins. I did not see these penguins. I think they were not around anymore by the time I saw them or something. Or maybe they weren't around yet. I, maybe I preceded them. I don't know. I don't. I definitely didn't see them, though. Okay. I know that much, yeah. Well, it says that there's all different kinds of families, not only visiting the zoo, but also within the zoo. There's, like, the panda bear families and the uh, monkey dads and monkey moms raising noisy monkey babies and toad families and toucan families, except... 
The illustration is showing the monkeys in the same enclosure as the birds. Yeah, which... I wouldn't put the capuchin monkeys with the toucans. Toucans are super nervous birds. And also, I don't think that's a peacock, but there's something no. on the ground that I'm like, wait, what are... Since when are monkeys I mean, and birds in the same enclosure? I don't think so. I mean, there is a... As I recall, there was a monkey enclosure and there was a bird enclosure, and I don't believe they mixed. There are no fences, no gates, no well, barriers no, in these illustrations. That's true. There is an area where you can just walk through and the birds and just keep to themselves. And I don't remember that being the case with the monkeys. <laughs> I don't think you can just walk through the, with the monkeys and be like, Hey, there's a monkey in a tree. I don't think that happens. Yeah, I feel like... Part of like looking at a like when you're in a zoo is you're looking through a, a fence, chain link fence, or you're looking through a glass window, or you're looking. It's very like sectioned. usually, and there's certainly in the penguin enclosure. I'll say there is glass that you look through to look at them. Yes. Well, we are now at the penguins, yes. uh, where we learn that every year around the same time, uh, the girl penguins and the boy penguins uh, start to. Uh, fancy each other and they become couples. <laughs> what? I like to use the like, fancy each other, very Eddie Azard. Fancy you. Yes. But there are these two penguins, one named Roy and the other one named Silo. They're both boys, but they did everything together. They, they bowed to each other. They swam together. They walked together. They swam together. They did. They did everything together. And then at one point. The guy who's in charge of this enclosure, Mr. Gramsay, it's sure. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Sure. He notices that these two male penguins uh, wound their necks around each other, and he thought, they must be in love. And I just imagine, if you saw two humans winding their necks around <laughs> yeah. each other, you would I don't know. know. First, I would, if love would be the first thing that comes to my mind, <laughs> but sure. Think, oh, yeah. they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But they're trying to kill each other with their necks. <laughs> but if penguins do it, they're in love. That's cute. They don't have much, like, we have more neck, to be fair. So they notice, these these two male penguins notice that all the other penguin couples are building these nests out of stones. Uh, and they're like, well, we shall do the same thing. And so they put together a pile of stones, at which point I'm like, that can't be very comfortable to sit on. Because, it sure does not sound comfortable. Because they sit on it. Yeah. I'm like, I hope they I guess are... if it's like literally the only building substance that you have where you live, then you make do, but wouldn't you look for all the really round, smooth stones? Why wouldn't the zookeeper provide something a little more comfortable? Because that is not nature's way. But... They might reject it. What if they want pillows? They, they have no pillows. <laughs> no pillows for the penguins. Aww. No pillows. There should be a book called Pillows for Penguins. Oh, I think No Pillows for Penguins would be a much better book. Aww. No pillows <laughs> for penguins. Well, as, uh, as all these other nests have eggs in them, all these eggs are starting to hatch. And uh, the mama penguins uh, laid the egg. And the papa penguins took turns sitting on the egg, and then the eggs hatch, and then there's baby penguins everywhere. And it's there's one baby penguin that is staring at the reader, <laughs> and I want that to be my tattoo. Okay, so that baby penguin has broken the fourth wall, and, it's and is aware that you are watching it, and uh, doesn't entirely approve. I love it. That would be that my tattoo. Very, yeah, that would be a good tattoo. Just the baby penguin surrounded by rocks. Yep. That's it. Yep, I agree. <laughs> that is an excellent picture. 
the two male penguins, Roy and Silo, they don't have an egg. They were just sitting on a pile of rocks, and they are... They can't help but notice there's nothing there. Right. Yeah. They don't know why. But the text says, their nest was nice, but it was a little empty. And I'm like, a little? (laughs) Burn. (laughs) Penguin burn. (laughs) So they... All empty, guys. So one of the penguins, Roy, he finds a rock... And he decides to put that rock in the middle of all the other rocks and proceeds to this sit. This rock is special. <laughs> this is a special rock. It's slightly less bumpy. <laughs> Which is why he sits on it. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm going to sit on something, there'll be some smooth going on there. And uh, and he sits on it and he sleeps on it. and then Boy, he's dedicated. Yeah, and then he'll, he'll, he'll switch it out. And then so Roy will sit on it and then Silo will slip on it, sleep on it. And they'll sit on it. And then on the, there's this page of an illustration of like, you know, the different phases of them sitting on it, sleeping on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very last one, though, <laughs> I didn't know penguins could be so expressive. Uh-huh. The, the eyes alone, I don't, it, it's almost as if one of them is looking at the other like, what? And the other one's going, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> it's It's a great that's awesome yeah yeah we should do some uh speech bubbles for that one but my question is how do penguins know whose turn it is to do the sitting i think it's whenever you're hungry right don't you just like get off to get some food and the other one comes back and sits on or maybe just the other one approaches and you're like you're it and then you like run off i mean do their wings like tag team like yeah well they do (laughs) apparently flap you very hard if you if you get a penguin mad apparently it'll just flap you like you've never been flapped before i know it's a it's a whole thing So Mr. Gramsay, the zookeeper, notices that these two he's, guys... He's like, I can't take this anymore. He feels bad. And he he knows that there's this egg that needs to be cared for. So he puts the egg in this empty nest. I would love to see how he did the switcheroo. Like, hey, look what's over there. And I'm like, oh, I thought I saw a sea lion. Sorry. Yeah. But apparently these guys knew exactly what to do. They sat on the egg. They knew when to turn it so that like That's interesting. when the both sides of the eggs could stay warm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some days Silo would take care of it. Other days Roy would take care of it. Co-parenting. Exactly. Um, and then at one point the egg says peep. <laughs> Which... That's got to be unnerving. Yeah. You're sitting on something. Why is my rock saying peep? (laughs) I didn't lay it. You didn't lay it. But this is my. now it's saying peep. This is my absolute favorite illustration. You have 16 eggs, but it's the different. It's the egg hatching in different stages. And just every little bit of the egg cracking. It's 12 eggs, for sure. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want there to be 16. It's still cool. Yeah. Four, Why couldn't eight, it have been 12, 16? Right? Well, anyway, that's fine. In my head, there's 16. Math is hard. Continue. <laughs> but there's like the little, you know, the different parts of the egg. You're throwing me off, Betsy. I'm sorry. The different parts of the egg are hatching, and eventually the little baby bird pops out. And mm-hmm. it's adorable. It is. And then the zookeeper, who must be a dad, oh, yeah. says to himself, well, we'll call her Tango because it takes two to tango and i thought okay well number one that's clever number two that's totally a dad joke joke. and number three i always wondered how this book got its name because tango is not a common name no well tango and cash he could you know what he might have later said oh yeah i was i totally named it her tango because you know it takes two to tango and when in fact he's a huge tango (laughs) and cash fan 
He yeah. was gonna if it was a boy, he was gonna call her Cash. <laughs> but I'll bet you anything. So Roy and Silo taught their little baby bird how to sing when she was hungry, and they snuggle her in at night, and she was the very first penguin to have two dad penguins. And they go swimming together, and all the people can see. Now you can see the glass enclosure, mm-hmm. and you can see the penguins underwater swimming, or you can see them up above, and everyone saying hooray! <laughs> and then at night, they all snuggle, the three of them snuggle together, and they fall asleep. I, I, like everyone else in the world falls asleep. And then the very end has an author's note, which I really like because it pretty much just says one, this really happened. Uh, two, they're called chin strap penguins because yeah. of the black line that loops under their beaks. It looks like they're holding onto a hat with a chin strap. And number three, uh, the egg came from another couple who had, they created an extra egg, but they could only care for one egg at a time. Oh, that makes a lot of which sense. Which is yeah. why the zookeeper passed that egg to mm-hmm. He yeah. didn't. He didn't go up to somebody. It was like the Yoink. same old trick. Yeah, what's over there? <laughs> but they deserve more. Apparently, I learned because uh, I had to do a little Google search. Apparently, Roy and Silo uh, yeah. broke up. Well, they don't mate for life. I think is the important thing. People, yeah, well, forget about these guys. Silo partnered with a female. He did. He did. And Roy remained single. And now they're both dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the I did. End. <laughs> no, I did. And I did hear that. Yeah, that uh, one of them was well by, and the other one just yeah. didn't pair up with anybody else. Right. Because his heart was broken. Maybe. Yeah. But the quotes on the back, you you, you told me to read. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm the so only weird. one that I really don't quite get is Maury Sendex, who says a touching and delightful variation. On a major theme, is the major theme <laughs> heterosexual love? custom? No, I think family. It, I think the heterosexual uh, heterosexuals getting together. I think is the theme. Is that that's I the major that. theme? I assume it's, it's not clear. No, it's not clear. Remember, Morris Hennig didn't come out as gay until like his eighties. I want to say like he was not about to mention that in public at all until like the very very end. Hmm. So I think. This quote came after he came out. So I assume that's why they tapped him for it. Interesting. But yeah, it is very interesting. It's like, huh. That, that was the one that made it me It is go, a weird quote. Which, which theme is he referring to? But if he's talking about heterosexual know. couples in books and media and entertainment. I assume so. Like, it's a love story. It's a theme. Right. As, yeah. It's a touching and delightful variation. Variation. It's very, uh, yes, circumspect, that, that particular quote. Yes. Um... As I mentioned in my in my little bit that goes along with this, uh, this has been heavily banned. Um, and the, the funny reason being that apparently when March of the Penguins came out, uh, a bunch of conservatives were saying, see, this proves monogamy is great uh, between heterosexual couples. And then people were like, what about the gay penguins from the gay penguin book? And everyone was like, ah! And then they, that's how the book, got as much attention as it did because people started freaking out there's a gay penguin book and until then like the most famous gay picture book was really heather has two mommies i'd say and then this one was the next gay picture book to hit the stratosphere uh in some way of course i always look at it and i remember do you ever see the movie happy feet no there's a moment where he's captured and brought to a zoo enclosure with other penguins who clearly 
have gone out of their minds from being there too long. And so I did have a little bit of difficulty looking at that without thinking of of that one scene uh, in, in Happy Feet. But uh, this is a happier, a happier take on it, I would say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ratings time. I love this little book. Dang right. Even if it weren't based on a true story, I still think that the story is really cute. Again, everyone needs to read Elliot Schreifer's book, Queer Ducks and Other Animals, because you will learn this kind of behavior is not unusual in the animal kingdom. No, no. <laughs> um, it saddens me that this has been banned because it teaches nothing but love and kindness. Why would you not want your children to learn that? Are you afraid that they will grow up to be a gay penguin? Yes. <laughs> I read a book about a gay penguin once. That's why I grew up to become a gay penguin. <laughs> That's how books work. I, I love the illustration, especially the phases of the 16 eggs. Uh, I love the... 12! Me- <laughs> 12 eggs! <laughs> Sorry. I love the message. I love the freaking adorable baby penguin. I love the author's note. I gave this a strong nine. Wow! That is very strong. You know, I, I, I grabbed the book while you were talking just now because I wanted to see where it was cataloged. Um, and it was not cataloged in the nonfiction section, which I think actually lent to its popularity. I think that because it was at the picture books in the fiction section, uh, that is probably why it's gotten as much attention as it has because nonfiction books just don't tend to get as much attention. At, but... Looking through it, there's no fake dialogue. Um, I don't think at any point, I don't think they ever say... Unless the zookeeper's name is not Mr. Gramsci. Yeah, that, well, that might be a change. That's true. Um, But I don't think they, I don't think they even say what they're thinking. That's always a a problem with nonfiction. It's like people are like, and then the penguin thought to itself, why don't we have an egg? And uh, no. It, it never delves into the minds of the penguins and what their intentions are. It simply shows their actions. So I think this could be cataloged as nonfiction. I'm, I'm kind of baffled as to why it was not um, back in the day. But, you know, who knows why? Um, you know, Henry Cole just knocked it out of the park with the art. He, he'd been around for a while, but this really kind of brought him to the forefront. He's never won uh, a Caldecott nothing. He's made plenty of very good books. He's got a great wordless book um, actually out right now. The name of the book he has right now is called Forever Home, A Dog and a Boy Love Story um, about a kid with two dads who wants a dog desperately and has to prove to him he's responsible enough to. And meanwhile, there's a stray dog walking. It's completely wordless. Hmm. Um, It's really, really good and just came out in August. Y'all should check it out. Um, In terms of this book... um, it's kind of one of the best gay parents books out there. I mean, bar none. It's really well written. It's really well illustrated. Um, I'm not quite as high as you, but I'd give this a 7.5. Okay, well, yeah. it's definitely a classic. Very much so. And should not be banned. Uh, no, under no circumstances should this ever be banned. Unless no. you want your children to be gay penguins. I mean, <laughs> if my children want to be a gay penguin... Let them be a gay penguin. <laughs> That's what I say. More gay penguins for all. Letters time. Ooh. So listener Amy sent us, at first, an email that was just a link. Uh, it was a link to the CBC, the Canadian 
broadcasting, you know, site. It was not a new link. It, it actually came out in 2018. And the title of it was Don't Be Afraid of Robert Munch's Love You Forever. Now, I read that title. And what I assumed was, don't be afraid of this book in which a woman straps an extension ladder <laughs> to her roof in order to invade the home of her grown son. I'm like, I'm terrified of that. I shouldn't be afraid of that. Tell me more. No, 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 no. Don't be afraid to read this book to your kids and, and have it make you cry. What? Because it will. Every time. And you're going to... You know what? Tears you're, of fear, maybe. Tears of terror. <laughs> no, it it's because it's so touching and so moving that you will cry every time. And then I went to the comments, and thankfully, near the top, there was one guy who was like, this book is freaking disturbing. But he was more than overwhelmed by the person after person after person. It was like, oh, I, I cry every time. I've never even heard of this book before, but now I have to get my hands on it. I mean... Oh, and so I, I mentioned this to Amy and she wrote back and said, I know, right? I was expecting it's a good book, even if it encourages home invasions by seniors, <laughs> which is a great line. And I, you know, and I did look it up. Uh, when did we do, because we did a podcast on Love You Forever. Yeah, it was back in what, 2017? It was 2017. So we came out in 2017. And in spite of that fact, they released this thing in 2018. So... Our work is still ahead of us, Kate. Yeah. We, we still have to inform the world. Don't read this book. Don't read this book, please. Oh, but if you're going to, please find the pop-up version because you can make her rock really fast back and forth. <laughs> 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 As she rocks the grown son in her freaking lap. Yeah. That's fun. That is fun. I'm not going to lie. That was good times. Grown-up things we like. Uh, so I'm, I'm still on an HBO Max kick right now. Uh, it's a show called CB Strike. It is based on the novels by Robert Galbraith, a.k.a. J.K. Rowling, um, which I know she has said a lot of awful things about the trans community, and in no way am I supporting what she has said. But I like these uh, detective series books, and I like Harry Potter well before she opened her dumb mouth. Um, So (laughs) if you like murder mystery detective books, uh, this show and the books are about a private detective named Corman Strike, who, with his assistant Robin, they tackle cases like a mysterious suicide of a famous model or a writer who seemingly wrote his own death. Um, if you like the books, you will find the TV show is on fast forward the entire time. It ah. skips a lot of details that the books cover, but my husband watched this um, with me and he's never read the books and he quite enjoyed it as well. So what I really like, though, is seeing all the British actors I know from other shows making cameos like actors who were in Bridgerton, Ted Lasso, Stranger Things, Black Adder. They all make appearances throughout the series. So, Aww. yeah, if you want to check it out, it's called CB Strike on HBO Max. England's a very small place. I, I, I always wonder that we don't see the same actors over and over in different things. But, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, very good one. Um, I'm doing an actual movie in theaters, and it's actually still in theaters right now uh, in some places. Though I did have to take a bit of a trip to Niles, for God's sake, to see it in the theater. It's 3,000 Years of Longing. It is a film based on an A.S. Byatt story. Now, when I got out of college, I decided I was going to read the oeuvre of A.S. Byatt. 
and I read every single A.S. Byatt thing I could get my hands on, including her short story collections, one of which was called The Djinn in the Nightingale's Eye. I read many, many, many short stories. Of them, I remember maybe three or four, and this one I have been remembering for years. I think of it often. And when I saw the trailer for 3,000 Years of Longing, I just stared at it and I was like, that's the A.S. Byatt story. And it is indeed based on the A.S. Byatt story. So I felt very justified for that. Uh, the story being that Tilda Swinton is an academic. She is unmarried. She has no kids. She's very happy with her life. She studies stories and she goes around the world and goes to conferences. So she goes to a conference in, I think, Istanbul and finds uh, a beautiful glass jar uh, in a market and gets it open in her hotel room. And it turns out to be Idris Elba, uh, a genie who offers her three wishes, but she studies stories and she knows perfectly well. No story in which you get offered wishes ends happily, but he desperately needs her to do these wishes and he tells her all the different people who have wished with him over the years. And uh, it's by the guy who did uh, Mad Max Fury Road. And uh, so the visuals on this thing are eye-popping. It's lush, gorgeous, beautiful. There's a lot of naked people. A lot of naked people in this movie. So if you like naked people and you like storytelling and you like Idris Elba and you like Tilda Swinton, that's a lot of ifs. But if you like any all that stuff, uh, I highly recommend it. It was a great film. Very good, very touching, and did not end the same way as the short story. Okay. There you go. So let's see. The date being what it is, will our next episode, when we record it, come out in October? Yes. I have a book in my home. All set up. Ready to go. We're good to go. Yeah. All right. Halloween. Halloween is coming. You've got your skeleton almost ready to go. And I've got a spooky book at home. Excellent. Or at the very least, a highly disturbing one. Oh, which I think, it. yeah, that, that counts as well. <laughs> so until we disturb people highly. I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Drugo Makes 3 is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.